Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe. I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.com 
N-O-W-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And if anyone hasn't told you how much you're loved, well, let me be the first. You're loved. I honor you. I value you. I see you. And I know how powerful you are, that you've come here to be a lit leader, here to leave legacy so that all generations who come to earth get to learn from all of the things that you are bringing in your life. And that's a beautiful thing. So I am so happy that you're on this planet with me, and I am so happy that we're living and we're thriving and we're igniting and we're lifting and we're shifting everyone around us with our beautiful heart-soul energy. I'm also very happy to have my amazing soul sister, Jasmine Hemsley, who is the founder of Hemsley & Hemsley and East by West, which is an amazing book. If you haven't got it, it's a must-have, not to mention the fact that she's a health and wellness expert. She's an innovator in bringing understandings of how do we incorporate Ayurvedic knowledge into our lives so that we can live with understanding. And let me tell you, I was a person who didn't really know so much about doshas. What is a dosha? And all of these different things. But when I learned from her about me and my pitta behaviors and how it affects me and what it does to me, it changed my life because it helped me to be able to regulate my system in a way where I wasn't drawing in too much fire by eating too many spices and putting myself in a situation that left me on the toilet, which is not a good place to be when you're not (laughs) Not all the time, at least. Not all the time. (laughs) So I just want to say I'm so happy to have her in studio today with us. Welcome to the share, my love. Thank you. Oh, I love listening to you speak. That was like that opening. I might as well have, well, I did have my eyes shut and I felt like I was in a fluffy blanket. It's nice to be with you again, Derek. I'm happy to be here. So your book is taking off worldwide. People are learning about Ayurvedic understanding of food. I've gone recently just to one of your events here in London and during the event, you had all these amazing food. Was all that stuff that comes from your recipes? Yeah. So these were just, you know, really lovely um, recipes, super simple. You know, I'm not a trained chef, so nothing's very complicated at all. Um, but everything has got this 
nature's medicine cabinet in it, basically. You know, the herbs and the spices, which you can make into decoctions and make make them into medicine, really. But you can also, as an everyday householder, incorporate them into your cooking. And so you're getting, getting, you know, the best of Mother Nature in your day-to-day. Beautiful. So I want to rewind um, your journey into being, you know, uh, expert in Ayurvedic. I want to rewind the, the, the tables a little bit to the beginning for you. Mm-hmm. How did you transition? How did Jasmine Hemsley of Hemsley and Hemsley become? Oh, it's a long story. Um, there's no big thing that happened. I guess a little bit of background about myself. I have a Filipino mom. My dad was English army. So I grew up in a kind of, you know, old school frugal household where we ate dinner around the table every night. Both my parents worked. So cooking was a necessary uh, chore or, well, you know, there to sustain us. Um, you know, when I often talk about growing up cooking, people kind of imagine me, you know, at my mom's um, apron strings, you know, in this really romantic setting, learning Filipino recipes. And it wasn't like that. It was just, you know, getting get in of an evening. My mom's picked us up and we've got to get food on the table. And so I just started helping from a, a young age. And then when I was nine, I, my mum ended up working Saturdays for a, for a project. And so my dad basically just fed us whatever he, you know, I think it was pork pies actually, <laughs> every Saturday for a number of Saturdays. And I think I just kind of went, oh, I'm going to take over dad. And I started cooking. And I didn't really know what was influencing me then. But well, I mean, you had you had to eat those pork pies a lot. I had to eat mean, those pork pies. So I, was, I had the there's interest something, to like, something influencing yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> Come on, Dad. I started cooking. My mom said she came home one day, and um, I had some red wine vinegar out and some and some white rice. And apparently, I was making risotto. I don't think I'd ever even seen a risotto on TV that I can remember. But, so, but something must have been influencing that. And then, fast forward, probably when I went to university, was the first time I realised that the f- the food I ate really affected the way I felt. I think that was a big thing. I'd always had home-cooked food, not a lot of junk food or sweets. Didn't mean I didn't like them. Um, They just weren't available at my parents' house. And um, obviously going to university, you start looking for the cheapest, easiest, and you're your own person. You, You eat what you want. And suddenly my energy levels were down the drain um and something else wasn't going down the train i actually wasn't able to go to the toilet very much and this mm. really shocked me and i thought i'm quite comfortable with my housemates i don't really know what this is and then i realized actually i'm eating a lot of processed white bread i'm eating a lot of processed foods um i'm snacking all hours my digestive system is really just not happy with me and then I came back from university, started modeling full time. And that's when I realized it affected my mood um, as well as my energy. And when you're modeling, you're, it's almost like you're in a job interview every day. You're with a new group of people. I can't afford to come in and go, oh, guys, you know what? I've, I'm having a rough day because these aren't really your chums. These are, you know, it's a professional situation and you are on your best behavior and you are leaving first impressions all the time. So that's when I realized, gosh, I need to really kind of understand food. And at the time, you know, this is in the year 2000 or thereabouts, healthy food was low fat, low calorie, low joy. (laughs) It was, um, I think sushi had just started coming in. You know, everyone was kind of eating iceberg lettuce tuna salads with low fat dressing or celery sticks with low fat cream cheese. I mean, it was pretty boring and it didn't make sense to me. 
I was a bit like, why do I have to go to the gym to burn off my food? No, so, your iceberg lettuce salad. Oh, my iceberg lettuce salad. Which is so, no nutrition whatsoever. No. Oh, gosh, especially the stuff in the UK. And so I just got interested and I started to read and I started to pick things up and I wanted to know, you know, why Why do some people think veganism is good? Why do some people think raw is good? Why do some people think paleo is good? I think paleo was around then. but And this word, Ayurveda, or this philosophy, Ayurveda, kept coming up. And back then, you have to remember, I'd never heard of a mantra, a chakra. Yoga was just on the scene, but I was there doing, you know, a very physical form of yoga. And probably between yoga, for me, evolving from this very physical thing to a mental and a spiritual thing, and my interest in health and well-being, the two just kept coming back to Ayurveda. And, you know, it's a very different language, the one I grew up with. You know, the West is very linear. It's very direct, and the Eastern philosophy is very much looking at the whole picture. It's a holistic. Philosophy. Did you eat any um, adobo chicken? Of course, I ate adobo chicken, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, Derek and I are both Filipino, actually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I grew up in a Filipino Filipino uh, um, Hawaiian household. It was all about cooking and food. I mean, the smells used to freak me out. Sometimes I'd come home from school and I'd be like, "What is this smell?" Oh, yeah. And my auntie'd be like, "Get over here right now and help in the kitchen and clean." And, and I was like cleaning all the time. Oh, right. well, they love cooking and cleaning. Cooking so it's and all cleaning. about the kitchen. Yeah, it's all about the kitchen. It's all about the kitchen. And cooking, cleaning, and talking. Yes. Sorry to all my aunties out there. Yeah, there's a lot of talking going on while you're eating and a lot of drama, which, um, which I love. Uh, but what it did give me was cooked food. And I, you know, one of the first things I took from Ayurveda was that cooked food really was better for me. You know, I had a palate for greens my mom always cooked greens i mean she she grew up with moringa i think we call it mm-hmm. here but the leaves of the moringa tree were in the cooking you know all these bitter leaves cooked down stewy foods or wet dinners as i call them and i realized that that was pre-digested food so the nutrients within were much easier for our bodies to access. So while we think of raw as being, you know, in a laboratory testing it for, you know, it's abundant and it's, and it's full of all these vitamins and minerals. By the time, you know, we do a poor job of digesting it and, and we do do a poor job these days because we are rushing, we don't chew, we don't have any rituals around food unless we're eating out or it's a wedding or something. And so we're just unable, you know, with our stressed out states to get the nutrition from the food. And so this food is basically a bit alien in our bodies. Mm. Um, You know, not only are we not getting the nutrition, but it's actually causing issues as it's trying to pass through our system. So that's one of the first things in, in Ayurveda was basically, you know, cooked food is easier for you to get the nutrients from. Another thing that really got me hooked actually was the fact that I noticed that if I ate late, I woke up starving. And I was thinking, how is that possible? Surely if I ate late, I'd have more sustenance to see me through the night and I should be able to go longer in the morning. And then I started to understand blood. I started to understand... Glucose. Glucose and digestion and, you know, your system switching on or off or or staying on when it should have been switched off and it should have been in kind of rest and digest mode. And so I started to eat earlier, six, seven o'clock. 
huge difference to my sleep, huge difference to my mood and energy the next day. Um, so basically, Ayurveda and I have had this this relationship where I just keep adding the bits I'm ready for, and they become part and parcel of my life. And so, what I'm talking about today with you know, I I, I don't really call myself an expert because. You even the 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 most incredible Vaidyas or Ayurvedic doctors will still say I am a student of Ayurveda because Ayurveda is translates as the science of life or or knowledge of life. It is the manual for nature, you know. But let's go back with the whole idea about the expert because an expert to me means someone who continues to learn mm-hmm. to keep bringing information through. Okay, I'm an expert. I'm the bridge. I'm the bridge then because yeah. you know. For me, I'm attracted to meditation. I'm attracted to yoga. So it was an easy, although slow, transition for me. But when I see people and I know that if they just ate earlier or if they just had a little bit more presence around when they ate and if they understood that how and when they eat is as important as what, you know, because we're so obsessed about the plate, we're so obsessed about the physical, but how we mentally approach our food, how we spiritually absorb or connect with our food is so, so important. It's energies, right? You know about that, right, Derek? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one who taught me how to, I mean, you always say it and you'll catch me too. You'll be like, uh, you're eating too fast, eat slow. You're eating too cold, you're eating too late, yep. you're eating too, you know. You're like, are you eating at this time? You're like, are you eating at this time? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you're like, uh, your body is... Uh, in Kafa, why are you eating it this time? So Shaman Zarek is um, constantly giving out his energy. Um, and I love that. Actually, one of my favorite meditations with you was after a session where you'd worked on me, we were in Croatia on an island. And then we were, sh- well, I was in your oh, tent. I love right? that, that meditation. That, yeah, and you sat on the other side of a plywood wall to me. And we were back to back. And somehow I could feel you. Well, it was only a bit of plywood. Um, and it was the most amazing meditation, wasn't it? And did we start singing? Yeah. I seem to remember we started singing and I can't sing. At the very end of the meditation, yes. the spirits came through us and started singing a song through both of us. Yeah, I knew it wasn't me singing. It was definitely the spirits. It was such a beautiful voice. <laughs> I tell you, after sessions with you, I do because I think I'm just so connected. You know, I don't have, my ego's not in the way. My my fear of of looking foolish isn't in the way and I just, I can channel. So yeah, hands up over here. I've had great sessions with um, Shaman. Oh, you're so sweet. But you know, I have had um, so much learning from you. You have helped me so much in understanding how to really adjust my life, you know, to be able to give more. And you're right. Like I do give a lot of energy and I do it because I love so much. And one of my things is to be able to go into kapha state because Mm -hmm. I'm a pitta, Mm -hmm. to go into kapha state and and nurture myself and and get the massage and and actually sit in front of the TV and play video games Mm -hmm. or play with my action figures for Mm -hmm. hours without thinking, oh my God, there's people on Instagram who need my help right now. There's people here and so forth. But like really being like, no, what I need right now is me and my little replenish, child. Yeah, replenish, replenish, replenish. I call yin. it restoration. Get that yin energy in. And that's that's something that we just don't value in the West. We value productivity, that really yang masculine energy of fire, make it happen, make it work. You know, you know, it's um it feels cool, not cool. It feels it feels um it's a badge of honor to say, oh, I'm exhausted or, you know, it's so busy or I, I couldn't get back to you or I'm, 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 I'm burning the candle at both ends. You know, this is a badge of honor. And That's so weird. It's so weird, isn't it? That's and, so weird when and, you just said it. Yeah. And the East, the East are about, well, you're kind of missing the picture here because without the balance, you're going nowhere. 
you know we need that feminine energy we need the masculine energy and i think that's why it's such an exciting time to be talking about ayurveda again because this is a three to five thousand year old science and it's being welcomed because the west are kind of done with you know having to wait till something's figured out scientifically but then that changes every five minutes anyway and actually what's happening now is we are we have this technology to be able to measure things to prove that when we say i have a gut feeling about this or i like the vibes in the room or i can feel the energy from this place scientifically we can we know we can we can measure someone's energy yeah. we can measure the energy in the room so it's a great time to watch what you know what looks like the chaos of us losing control and and moving far away from nature i think we're just as quickly going to come full circle mm. It's, I do I do believe that. I believe that there is a transitional period where it looks like chaos or it looks like everything is coming out and becoming distorted. And, you know, but I believe that the distortion is the breakdown of the pattern or yes. the structure that hasn't been supporting us, mm-hmm. you know, because I know for myself, like I've seen a lot of kids in rural areas who are now wanting to eat only healthy, mm-hmm. you know, where they see McDonald's on every corner and mm-hmm. Burger King and every kind of fast food place you can imagine. And they're bypassing it and saying, yeah. no, I want a healthy salad. Yeah. No, I want to be able to juice something. No, yeah. I want to be able to do something good for my body. Yeah, eat real food. I mean, I was just with um, a lovely lady that I met today and she has a 15-year-old son. I was like, you have a 15-year-old son? She didn't look like um, she could. Um, and she said, yeah, my son is into manifesting. And, you know, I didn't know what that word was at 15. So it's incredible. This Gen Z have, you know, they want experience. They have a different way of looking at life. And, you know, this is what, in these crazy times, this is where I'm pinning my hopes and my positivity. Um, we are going through this to get somewhere a lot more beautiful. Absolutely. You know, I've been really um, getting involved in being very supportive to women who are not able to bring life in their body or, you know, they've been having miscarriages or, you know, they've been having a lot of complications with, you know, their pregnancies and so forth. And what I was actually saying uh, to a female, I mean, I talked to a lot of females and, um, you know, they're doing an article about me in the, in the magazine about, you know, saying uh, how I've helped so many women get Mm -hmm. pregnant. And Mm -hmm. what I was saying to some of the women is that, that we're not living in the times of the 50s and the 40s and the 60s and 70s where you can like, you know, pop acid or drink or smoke while you're hanging out while being pregnant. And mm-hmm. you're like at a 50s party with friends over and you're, you're also having a cocktail drink and smoking because the beings that were coming in at that time were not uh, amplifying their vibration. Mm-hmm. The beings that are coming in now are like quantifying their vibration Mm -hmm. to a quantum energy field. So that means that your vessel, or should I say your, your, your temple that is going to bring in life as a woman has to be, you know, fitted for that, that soul to come through, you know, and that that's from, you know, your exercise to, you know, bringing sound meditation into, you know, eating healthy and, you know, creating a sustenance of well-being that is an ongoing sustainable thing so that your, your body says, okay, 
We don't have anxiety. We don't have any more of those issues because no baby wants to be born into a toxic body mm. and into a body that's not just toxic because of what it puts, what the person is putting in there food-wise, but it's also toxic about what they're thinking yeah. and toxic about what they're holding on to emotionally. Yeah. What they're carrying around in their, in their creative space, right? Yeah. I mean, what I love about, you know, the work that you do is this... You know, you're a really strong person, Derek, and you bring that strength, but you also deliver it softly. And I think for women, especially women who have had to become so masculine to be seen as equal, and there's, you know, I I, I am so grateful for all the women who've gone before us and who have fought to say, we are equal. But we're also different. But you you're know? not equal. We're not equal. No. We're now realizing, we've just proved to you guys, you know, you guys over this period of time, but now is the time for us to say, this is what our feminine energy is about. And this is what yes. your feminine energy is mm. about. Because men and women, you know, we have the feminine and the masculine energy. And it's all about ratios. That's how nature works. There are no absolutes. There are no rules, but there are patterns and there are rhythms and we have to connect with them to get the best from them. So for me, it is um, allowing ourselves to feel empowered by using the knowledge of nature and to understand that if we go, 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 it feels good, 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 but you are using your resources up. And if you cannot replenish them in time, you hit the brick wall, you burn out, you you feel like a failure at the end. You sacrifice your happiness for an illusion half the time. Yeah, Most of the things we do, most of the things we strive for are just... Yeah, it's not exactly. It's not. It's it's it's. They're not important. Not at all. But they're important because our society has made them important to us, and we don't give ourselves any time to reflect, to um, digest, to process, and so we're stuck in a rat race. And that term "rat race" has been going on and used a long time, and we're still running in it. So interesting what you just said because you said reflect, digest, and process, and I would say reflect process, digest, mm -hmm. because that's what happens when you're eating. Yeah, it's exactly, it is exactly. Reflect, process, digest. And if you look at cultures around the world, traditional cultures, there were always rituals about how you prepared the food, how you ate the food, in what order you eat the food. And then the whole seasonality and locality, that was all part and parcel because you couldn't get out of season food and you and you. You know, you've hard pushed to get anything that wasn't local, unless we're talking about spices, which are the gold that you know more, more, more worth more than gold. You know, this was medicine. It preserved the food. It changed it, changed the food's qualities. Mm -hmm. um, and if you put certain spices and herbs together, if you reduce them a certain amount, if you took them to a certain temperature, it was it was nature's magic. Absolutely. You know, we were talking about. Um, temperature what is the right temperature because i see a lot of my friends and they'll be boiling their food mm -hmm. and cooking their food and i mm -hmm. go to them you're, you're cooking all the nutrients mm -hmm. out of your food is mm -hmm. that because you taught me that so cooking so there's obviously there's you know there are subtleties and complexity I mean, it feels very complex when we talk about these things because it's just we're not used to it and i always say it's a bit like taking a 40 year old person who's never brushed their teeth and trying to explain 
how to brush your teeth. There are so many questions. How much do you put on the thing? Where do you get this for? How do you choose the toothpaste? How hard should the brussels be? Do I go left and right? Do I go up and down? Do I go how many times a day? You know, it feels complicated. But when we grow up in these traditional cultures, food would be slow cooked. You know, we didn't have microwaves. Don't recommend microwaves. We wouldn't have, you know, a, a huge fire means a lot of resources have gone into it. So everything was done slow and low in natural cooking pots. And what you would lose in nutrients, you would make bi- more bioavailable in the when what was left. So that's what we don't really can't get our heads around because we look at it very Western in that, you know, in a, in a laboratory, a raw carrot has got way more nutrients than a cooked carrot. But a cooked carrot in a soup form is goes down all that much easier, you know? Mm. You think about, you know, in a bowl of carrot soup, you'd have maybe three carrots. Imagine eating those raw. It's a lot of work, chomping, chomping, chomping. And if we don't reduce what we eat to soup before we swallow it, and there are no teeth in our tummy, again, we can't even access that stuff. You know, I have a, a friend who's a clonic um, therapist to the stars. She now lives in um, in Sydney. But I've been in there while a friend has been having this therapy and I've literally seen items of food come out the tube and I'm talking about a rolled oat I'm talking about a slice of mushroom you know and we have a lot of digestive tract so that just goes to show that we're not chewing and if we can't chew it we can't digest it Mm. so So you're saying masticating more and longer masticating more and longer okay and if you don't have time for that then cooked and if and cooked is better actually in the mornings and the evenings when our digestive fire, our agni, as they call it in Ayurveda, is, is lower. So easing into the day with a hot, fresh, fresh is important because of the prana, because of the, the, the chi or the energy that it has. Um, especially when you've been sleeping all night, you need fresh food to wake up to. So that's why you look around the world and breakfast was like, you know, if you think about traditional cultures, it all came out of a pot with a spoon. You know, it right. was wet. It was, you know, wetter foods are easy to digest. Then when you look at us as individuals, our needs differ again. So, for example, um, a kapha type is already moist. You know, they have a lot of earth and water. They have a lot of weight in their bodies. Um, they're, they're very grounded. You know, they don't need as much wet food. They need a slightly drier food. Someone like me, who's more vata and in an extremely vata environment of London, I need that kind of soupy, soupy food. But yeah, just look at traditional Wait, uh, hold on, cooking. you left one out. What about pitta? Look about the pitta. Okay, so the pitta <laughs> has got great digestion. There's a lot of fire in there. Um, I have amazing digestion. Amazing digestion. But if you don't tame your fire and keep it just lively, because there's obviously a, always a balance, more is not better. That's what we think in the West. We think, oh, if a ginger shot's good for me, then surely 25 ginger shots is 25 times better. <laughs> Not so. The dose makes the medicine or the poison. So for a pitta type who thinks, yeah, man, I can eat what I want. I don't get any of these problems or I don't get any constipation. You know, I'm regular. Da, 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 da. Think about if that fire is too hot because you've been doing lots of leading type things you've been in a hot country you've been eating hot heating foods you know lemon juice and garlic and things like that these are all heating and drinking alcohol um and having to run a team or run an event or something your fire is up and if the fire is too up then anything you put in your system gets incinerated you know you think about a big bonfire you put in you know you put in a stick bang it's gone 
So before it's been processed and digested and the nutrients taken out, it's totally incinerated. So it's very important for pitta types to manage their fire. Otherwise, you end up with going to the toilet too often. Right, right, and I've had, I, and I have, and that. you have had that, and that you have that. I think when you have been traveling, you've been working with a lot of people, you've been standing up in public. These are all fiery, fiery elements. You've been conjuring, you know. Then your fire is like, whew. and that's why when you know you you you're very good at getting your meditations in afterwards because you know you have to ground back down again. Yeah, completely. So you and I both, you're hot, I'm cold, but we're both very stimulated. We're we're doers. Our yang energy can really get out of control. And so that's why we love, you know, the meditation is very kapha. You know, sound bowls, being with friends, being with family. This is all grounding, earthy water elements. Laying on the grass really supports me. Laying barefoot on the, on the grass. Yes. I do that a lot with my your girlfriend. Your beads, your 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 um your jewelry, you know, the ele- the, the the metals, you know, of, the, of your rings and things, all of these things just put us back down. I always do before I eat anything. I always have like a glass uh, or a cup of um hot water with lemon mm-hmm. uh, because you told me to do that to heat up the fire. So rather, you need to not drink too much water before a meal because that kind of dilutes. But yes. The tendency in the US and the UK is to serve food with a big goldfish bowl of iced water. And that is a cooling, dampening effect on our agni. And our agni is there to, you know, a strong agni stops us, you know, um, makes short work of any bacteria that we don't need in our body, makes the food safe to eat, um, helps us to break it down. And so when you pour iced water on it, it disrupts it. And this is a really modern, if you, if you speak to, you know, I have friends in, in Chinese friends, Indian friends, and they think it's the strangest thing that we in the West do. Ayurvedic doctors also think that, you know, a woman's, they, they see a lot of women who come to them eating salads and fruit with yogurt, not a great combination. And we also... In the West now, we love to hit the gym. We love to overexert ourselves. We we feel good if we sweat. We release some, you know, some feel good hormones. But we're actually just depleting and depleting and depleting ourselves. Hmm. You know, we're working hard. We're playing hard. It's not fun to say work medium, play medium, but that's the balance. Loving, loving, strong, playing strong. <laughs> yeah, strong is different from hard. You know? Yeah, I don't like Isn't the word it? hard at all. But I, I, so, so Agni, okay, let's go. I want to go into that a little bit. Okay. So, and then I want to jump back a little bit more to some of the, the the Vata and Pitta and Kapha. Okay. So Agni is this, explain, explain to those at home who are like, what is an Agni and who's Agni and where did Agni (laughs) hang out? So Agni um, is the Sanskrit word for fire. So you can talk about Agni, you know, the, 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 the fire in every cell in your body, you know, it's the metabolizing transformational quality that we have. And our biggest one inside our body would be our digestive fire. The biggest one for us um, from earth would be the sun, you know, or um, in, our, in our houses, it might be your log fire, your radiator mm. um, or your kettle, you know, that's creating this heat, this agony. But inside our body, our biggest one would be our digestive fire. And so, yes, we don't, we think of it like a fire burning. If the embers are burning low and we disregard that and we stick a massive log on our fire, we put our fire out. And that's why 
You could be eating the healthiest meal. You could be eating the most nutritious meal. You could be eating a meal that was grown by the Dalai Lama, delivered by the Pope, and Tinkerbell's sprinkled fairy dust over. It could be incredibly nutritious and delicious. But if your fire isn't working, it's just going to sit there and it's going to rot. It's going to putrefy. It's going to become what Ayurveda calls ama in the body, this thick, dark, heavy substance that weighs us down, that makes our ankles achy in the morning, that causes pains in our joints and this feeling of blockage and mm. prana not being able to move. And so um, that's why traditionally around the world, cultures always looked after their the agni. They didn't call it agni, but they had digestives and aperitifs and they sat to eat and they sat up straight to eat and they didn't they didn't eat in a distracted way because otherwise that's like being chased by a tiger and stopping off at the uh, corner shop to grab, you know, something to eat. It just messes with the body and the mind. That's so true. And it's interesting because you had mentioned that uh, the Agni is this fire that, that is inside your being that comes mm -hmm. from your stomach, comes from the sun, comes mm -hmm. from all these things. In shamanism, you can actually generate your own Agni inside mm -hmm. of your body. Absolutely. I mean, we do it in yoga. You know, the bellows breathing and the... So what Ayurveda gives us, because we've got, Ayurveda is the, is, the, is the manual for nature, if you like, is if that Agni is not burning brightly and you're about to sit down for Christmas lunch and you can't disappoint any of your Filipino aunties because they want you to eat, eat, eat. <laughs> I always eat. Eat, eat, eat. I mean, I was the biggest, biggest fat kid. And then when I got fat, they told me I was too fat and I ate too much. I was like, are you kidding me, auntie, right now? Are you kidding me? You've been feeding me poi and like adobo chicken. You've been feeding me everything and you just keep feeding me. And every time I'm sitting around, you're like, you need to eat. You look so skinny like a bird. Yeah, they don't like skinny. They like you to be a bit fat. Yeah, and, my I was just like, and then I got fat. They're my... like, oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's so fat. He didn't like it. No. And I was like, I don't like it. This is not fun. And then they pinch your cheeks. Yeah. So if you're in a situation where you have to eat, you know, you cannot listen to your body and wait for the hunger to come up or the fire to come up then you have to prompt your fire. So you could do <laughs> breath of fire. You could sip a little bit of hot water with ginger or you could have some raw ginger with some lemon. Lemon or lime has got uh, the fire elements in it. Uh, salt has the fire element. So sour, salty and uh, spicy. So adding the spice from the ginger, adding, taking some cumin. What else could you do? A little bit of chili if that was available to you. Cinnamon's hot. Yeah. Cinnamon's warming, very warming. So thinking about these foods now, if anyone's listening, you know, just, just imagining this piece of ginger with some lime and salt it starts to get the juices flowing. You know, you can feel the amylase being um, produced in the mouth and the gastric juices starting to... My, actually, I'm getting very hungry just talking about it, which shows how it's not just physiological. You know, it's the mind is so important um, in, in this whole thing. And that's why we get hungry when people talk about food or we enjoy a meal so much more when we know the story about it. So if a chef comes out and you meet the chef and he says, yeah, I got this from the garden. This is inspired by my trip here. He is literally fluffing you to receive the food you know it's the foreplay to eating mm -hmm. and so we forget in our modern lives where we don't grow our food pick our food you know harvest our food prep our food touch it with our hands we tend to cook with utensils we eat with utensils we're so disconnected we literally almost like might as well be in a laboratory with our metal fork stabbing something and inserting it quickly into our mouth and swallowing <laughs> it before we we chewed it you know we are so proper and yet we are so disconnected. Right. So, you know, 
the idea of eating with a fork, right? Mm. Do you th- do you think that's not a good thing? I don't think it's the worst thing, but when I get the chance, I eat with my hands. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's when you're out and about, it's more hygienic, it's it's more convenient, and it's it's less messy. But actually, you know, you know about energy exchange. We know there is a lot going on when you touch somebody, when you touch your food. Um, even you know, there's bacteria in your food that starts to kind of digest and understand the food, and that feeds back to the body about what it's about to eat. So. If your your body knows if it's a very raw dish or a very carbohydrate rich dish or a very fatty dish or a very protein rich dish, this is all part of getting us ready to eat. When we knock back smoothies, when we stuff food into our mouths, we're not getting amylase onto the food. We're not connecting with that food, and so that's a little bit like grabbing a baby and just stick, shoving food in, you know, and expecting that baby to a enjoy it and b digest it. Mm, that's scary. What it uh, explain to everyone because um, I know what it is, but explain to everyone what amylase is. Amylase is um, a secretion from the mouth. It's a digestive enzyme, very important in um, the process of digestion. So that's why our mouth waters. And protease. Um, yeah. So all of these things are very, very important as part of your digestion, and we tend to kind of skip these things when we walk into a, into a place point at something, you know, into a cold countered uh, cafe, point at something cold, it gets delivered in our hand and we knock it back while we're thinking about Instagram or where we're going next or our meeting or whatever. Totally disconnected. And so even though it's full of physical nutrition, it doesn't become nectar in the body. It's almost alien. So you're saying pause before we pause. Yeah, man. Just getting, you know, one of the rituals around food is always what we bless the food or we're grateful for the food or we connect or we thank the person that made the food. We smell the food. You know, you see the adverts where people go, or we dip our finger in the food or we have that little taste to check it's not too hot. You know, all of these things are the preamble to eating. And we, we've just kind of eradicated them because we want to move quicker through life. You know, we eat in five minutes, done. We think that's it. As long as the food's gone in our mouth and we've checked the, the, the nutritional breakdown on the back of the packet that we've done our work, not so. And that is just one of the reasons we are suffering in health. We're suffering in the fact that we don't feel satisfied because it's, we're just putting alien food into us we, that we have no understanding of except what we read in the magazine. So basically we've become dissonance from the reality of our connection to our heritage and our roots when people would go out and hunt and then bring the food back and then everyone would prepare it and everyone was excited and they would all sit down and make their full focus enjoying a meal with each other. Yeah, the food that essentially becomes you, the building blocks, you know, the, you know, there are so many, there's an emotional layer to food, there's the um, the spiritual nature of food, there's the energetic nature of food, there's the mental eating it, there's the senses involved, and it, this has just become a quick tick on our to-do list, um, you know, eat lunch in two seconds, and then spend a lot of money at the latest restaurant at night, but we're eating at nine o'clock at night with loads of people, totally distracted by their stories, not really tasting or engaging with the food except to go, oh, this is good or this is not, you know, rating it from a uh, egotistical way in a way, you know, we're, mm-hmm. just, we're not fully present. And so that's why if you look at cultures, they, they I mean, something that really helps me is because sometimes you you know it's not ideal situations when you when you get to eat so i just take a breath 
I touch my forehead or my third eye and I touch the food. And in that moment, I'm, my focus is there. I'm mm. present. And it really helps me because I have to say, you know, as a Vata type, but this is, this is getting more, you know, we are certain doshic makeup by birth, but our environments are constantly changing that and swinging the balance. And so actually one of the biggest issues for a lot of people is Vata is on overload. Whether you're a Kapha by birth, whether you're a, a um, Pitta type, whether you're tridoshic, whether you're dual doshic, our environment is very much governed by technology. It's fast, it's furious. Everyone wants everything yesterday. These are all Vata qualities. And so just taking that moment to connect with whatever it is you're doing and feel present, get mindful, is the tonic for joy in life. Mm -hmm. The love tonic. The love tonic. Yeah, there's this, you know, it's interesting because um, I have been learning a lot about how I feel with, with food and I bow to my food and I talk to it because it's a living spirit. Yeah. And I, and I thank it and I thank it for doing amazing things for my body and giving me energy and allowing me to process toxins and get rid of them so that I could have a really beautiful life to be able to support myself and the people that I love around me. Mm -hmm. So I always have people always see me in restaurants, I'm always bowing to my food and, um, and acknowledging it in that way. You know, there is this uh, understanding um, in shamanic culture where there is, you know, the understanding that everything that our body needs is an elemental spirit. So basically the elements of our body cannot live unless we replenish the elements of our body because our energy frequency of what we really represent in the core nature of our being is atomic. Mm. And it's so powerful that it burns away the elements. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to be able to live, we have to keep replenishing the elements from mm -hmm. our blood, our bile, our lymphatic system, yes. you know, our um, uh, vaginal fluid, our um, seminal fluid, mm -hmm. our bones, which is, you know, the earth and the fire, which is the muscles mm -hmm. and our breath, the air, you know, and a lot of people, and I see this a lot, especially when I'm around London or traveling around the world and I do events, and I take people to shamanic experiences and I tell them, you have to breathe. You can't hold your breath because you're mm -hmm. creating restriction. Mm -hmm. And I look at it the same way is that people don't breathe when they eat. They hold their breath and they shovel food down yeah. their mouth. Yeah. What do you think about that? Now, I love what you said about the elements because that's exactly what Ayurveda and it's very close uh, cousin, if you like, traditional Chinese medicine. You know, I, they're both slightly different languages explaining the phenomenon of of nature yeah we don't breathe we do not breathe we 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 breathe obviously because we're here but we don't know how to utilize it all properly we are caught up we're stuck we're stagnant we're blocked we that's why so many different well-being practices whether we're talking acupuncture or massage or therapy or a shamanic uh, session all help because all of them work in this way, an intuitive way to undo this crap that we're carrying, that we, we create and carry around with us in this modern society that we live in. What we call normal is not biologically normal. And that's why it's very difficult to, I have to constantly stop and reassess because I 
I get caught up in whirlwinds of traveling and this and that and getting my message out. And then I look back and I'm like, I'm not honoring myself. So I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. I mean, I can't sit there and pretend like I take care of myself all the time. I sometimes give way more than that I give mm-hmm. to myself. Mm-hmm. And then I have to stop. Yeah. Because either one, I start getting a sore throat or I'm so exhausted. I can barely like function. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell we're both burnt. <laughs> we're just in bed looking at each other, aren't we? Like, yeah. what time is it there? <laughs> I'm like, Chaz, what's going on? You're like, oh, Kenny, I'm so exhausted. I just got back from the Himalayan mountains. And then I had to fly over here to this country and do this workshop. And then I had to go do this press thing. And then I had to go do this. And but take you know care what? Of- we're honoring our need to rest. You know, in the 90s, we wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have a, admitted this we'd be like come on let's go let's have some alcohol let's have some of this let's get you know let's get toxified toxified you know yeah um but we are you know i am very happy to say when i'm tired because if i don't i will my ego will pretend i'm not and i will go and go and go like the duracell bunny i mean you know i i have friends in their 20s now and they laugh at me because for me Hit workouts and spin classes are not what I need in my day to day. My life is already big, fast, and furious. <laughs> oh my God, sorry, you're being dead right now. <laughs> because I believe the same thing for myself. We need blades of grass. Yep animals, yep. friends and family, you know, because we're up in the air, we're traveling, we're constantly tapping into other people's energies and and putting a lot of, you know, we're, we're living externally a lot, so we have to bring it all back Well, in. even the press takes a lot from us oh, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, the press, yeah. like one press interview, I feel like someone hit me with a Mack truck totally. sometimes. So I'm like, Well, oh, you give God. your all, you give your all. So, you know, come Christmas, when I'm at my mother-in-law's and it's a very kaffir time of year, you know, that that cold, wet, heavy, hibernating time of year. I'm on that couch. I'm watching TV for the first time in a year. I don't watch TV at home. And my mother-in-law is feeding me and feeding me and feeding me. That's when I can handle a coffee. That's when I can handle a spin class. That's when I can go and do a hit workout because the energies are opposing and therefore I'm in some kind of a balance, you know, an equilibrium in the middle. But if I am fast, flying here, there, everywhere, so external, and then you hit me with a really exciting, you know, fast workout with pumping music and I'm just flying high. And I will crash, you know, for every high, whether it's a spiritual high or it's a, a, a um, an artificial high, you're going to have the low. There is going to be the opposite and it's going to come and, and grieve. So for me, as much as possible, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be stagnant, like you're saying, we don't want to sit there making, looking after ourselves every five minutes. Boring, you know, we want to have the ups and downs, the waves, you know, that nothing is flat for long. Nothing is, the only constant is change. But we just don't want to be ping-ponging around the room like crazy balls because, yeah. you know, it's it's going to dilute our message. It's going to dilute our energy. And it's not what we'd want for our loved ones. And so it shouldn't be what we want for ourselves. 100%. You know, I was recently told by my girlfriend, uh, sister-in-law, she was like, why don't you slow down on your post for Instagram? And that has changed so much for me because mm. I used to post so much. And now, because I'm not posting so much, yeah, I can put my mind to other things. Yes, because before I used to like plan my posts, like yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to post two today and two tomorrow, and mm-hmm. you know. And now it's like I won't post for sometimes two weeks. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? You got you did your internship. You 
you got it out there, you put together enough materials that when people come to your Instagram page, they're going to see there's a lot of content and they're going to know what they want to access. You have so much rich material there. You can afford now to look at other projects. You know, that is taking care of itself quite nicely. If I want a bit of shame and direct, I go onto Instagram. It's there. You've created this honeypot of material. Um, but you don't need to keep feeding it at such a rate anymore. You can go and work in other ways. Yeah, it's so important. And I know for me, I, I get the most joy in nature, like taking picnics with my girlfriend, laying on the grass, having a nice salad together. And we don't even have to talk. We're just like there together mm-hmm. and just being. And my other thing that I love is playing video games. Like yeah. I play my video games the other day. I was having so much fun and it just completely smooths me out. I mean, we're talking about this big shaman here, you know, he likes picnics and he likes video games, you know, this is what, this is, this is the stuff that it's all about, you know, it's not about using your power to control people. It's about using your power to, oh, to show people their own power. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be, I don't want codependent uh, people in the tribe. I want leaders of legacy. Mm. And I think, I think also too, like, you know, knowing your dosha is so important. Can we, can you give yeah, some yeah, more yeah. Uh, not, I've got, we pointers? Kind of skipped over that bit. What, what is, so one thing I was aware of, I, I talked about, you know, having a, 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 a easy to digest, which means usually cooked warming um, breakfast moving into the day because our agni follows the sun. So as we move in and the, and the sun is just coming to its peak, we're also just gearing up to our peak. So if we overload the system early on, we're carrying it around all day. Then at lunchtime, when the sun is at its highest, so sometime between 10 and 12 roughly, and um, our agni is also at its strongest. And that's where you should eat your biggest meal of the day, your most... Um, uh, confusing meal of the day. And by that, I mean... Uh, what time is this again? Between 10 and 12. Your main uh, so I meal eat, of the I day. I eat at 12 o'clock. Yes, perfect. So but at that time, your digestion is strongest, your agony is strongest. That's when you can have your, mo- your a smorgasbord or a feast. You know, so if I'm going to meet girlfriends and we're going to have a real feast together or it's my birthday, I try and do lunchtime because I just know I've got time to, to process that before my precious evening sleep. And then as we leave the day... The sun is uh, setting, going down. Our agni is also settling down. That's why six o'clock in the evening, 5.30, you know, our whole body starts to get quite tired, right? We start to unravel, unwrap, get ready for the horizontal time. Um, We should also have a a light supper. So if you look at a lot of cultures, they don't eat after sundown. Yeah, I don't eat past... um, Well, I eat in the afternoon and Mm -hmm. if I... Then that's when I'm doing Omar. It's always afternoon and that's mm-hmm. it into the next afternoon. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll alternate and every second week. I'll do intermittent and I'll eat um, afternoon and I'll eat evening, but not evening, evening, but like around six before seven. I never mm-hmm. eat past seven. No, you don't want to eat late because your digestive capacity is low and hopefully you're going to bed at a decent time. And we can talk about that in a moment. And so you don't want to take your food to bed with you. It will hinder so many processes and your quality of sleep won't be good. And we already don't get enough sleep. I think we're a third down on our grandparents. And that's because there's so much stuff to do. There's Netflix. <laughs> there's places to go. You know, there's, there's uh, uh, you know, uh, companies that cater for being night owls. And so we're on and we're at them all the time. Yeah, I definitely um, am. You know, you think about 
I always say, you know, if you lived on your own land, grew your own food, and you lived by candlelight and sunlight, you wouldn't need any of these books because you would literally be living the rhythm of nature. You wouldn't be able to not. Um, one of the best things that I uh, have, well, things that I, one of the best pieces of advice I can give actually is um, if you have insomnia or you you feel like your body clock or circadian rhythm, as we now know in the West, isn't functioning properly, go camping. Leave your phone at home, leave any kind of device at home and live by fire and nature and all the elements and come as that sun starts coming down you will be start yawning your head off and you'll want to go to bed at seven o'clock mm, it's actually quite incredible because if you you know we, seven o'clock seven o'clock well depending on what time of year it is remember that the, the times of day are totally man-made and so we roughly say bed by 10 but that will be earlier in winter and it might be later in summer because of summer it only starts getting dark. Seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. I know, Mr. Pitterman, you can keep going. But actually waking up the energy of the day, the vata, the first period of vata, which is the energy, the creative, the spiritual, um, the the airy, spacey elements, that is pre-6 a.m. And so if you look at a lot of holy people or spiritual people, they are doing their best work at that time. I'm, I'm up at that time. 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. There's a lot of incredible stuff going on. And this is why I say get up early, meditate, connect with yourself. This might be your only chance. Before you're a mother. But seven o'clock? <laughs> <laughs> seven o'clock? Remember, seven I'm expecting you to put all of these pieces of uh, information into, pra- into practice. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to be calling you at five to seven and be like, get your nightcap on. Oh, no. No, but if, you know, at certain times of the year in the winter when it's dark at four or five o'clock, you know, if you did not have... TV throwing blue light in your face, you would be winding down for bed. You would be maybe reading by torchlight a bit of a book and your body would drift you off to sleep. I mean, Do I have those red goggles that Dave Asprey um, makes me wear? Well, yeah. he doesn't make me wear. He makes me, yeah, he makes me wear. He's like, are you wearing your red goggles? Yeah, so they block out the blue light. So that blue light, we, we are really, you know, light is, light and energy is the medicine of the future. Food is the old medicine. We need all of it. The reason we have to now control the light is because technology is controlling it for us. Mm, and so instead of being... That's a good one. I yeah, like that. Instead of being beings which are governed by the elements, we are living in, and you talk a lot about this, artificial environments yes. devoid of any you know, plants, any, any natural materials, wood, yep. stone. We're just filling it with these kind of artificial composites and everything's just not high vibration. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I feel like... Uh, Definitely when I decide where I want to be in the world, I'm going to make sure my home is, looks like a greenhouse. Mm. I think it's called bi- biophilic, I think, is where you, you're interested in design that brings nature to you, which is exactly where we should be. We should be in nature. Yeah. It, um, but I, re- I, I know I'm skipping, well, I'm jumping around a lot on the doshas, so I don't want to confuse anyone, and I, and I want to make this point coming up. But um, just quickly, doshas are a way of describing three energies. So it's Vata, Pitta, Kapha. These are three energies that are in all of us and in everything. 
So we could literally use it like the colours red, yellow and blue to describe. You get various mixes. So, you know, red and blue is purple. Um, yellow and red is orange. It's the same with doshas. Um, and those three doshas house the five elements. So you, we talked about them as, as space, air, fire, water, earth. So don't worry too much about that stuff. If you're interested, go and do um, a doshic quiz. You can get it on my website, jasminehemsey.com. Um, super interesting. I mean, I, I realised that's why my nails are ridged and dry. That's why if I come out of the shower and I don't put body oil on straight away, I'm like that, really, really dry. Whereas other people, they don't want any oil on their body because they're already so lush. You know, kaffir types usually have a lot of moisture. They have lush skin, lush hair. Ugh, I don't have that. No, well, you're, you're you know, you Look have- Look at my hands right now. <laughs> Look at mine. Oh, look at mine. <laughs> That's why we both love. Yeah, you need some body oil on that, some body cream on that. I'm going to get you some. So, but that is that is an Ayurvedic thing. It's Ayurveda is bringing balance. So you have dry hands, you put cream on. You feel hot, you take your jumper off. You feel cold, you put a blanket on. You know that is the balancing act. But we just don't understand our food or our activities in this holistic sense enough to know then how to balance. We're like, oh, I have to have um, my five. A day and I, have, I haven't had them. So that means I'm going to eat a raw kale salad at 9 p.m. at night. Uh-uh. How and when you eat is important as what you eat. If you're already wired and tired and, and light and in your head, kale has the same quality. So if you don't cook that, put a bit of oil on it, and eat it with some grounding foods, you're just aggravating the problem. So that can be complicated for people. So I don't want to go too much on about the doshas, although they're very interesting. The doshas, the reason we're so interested in the doshas in the West is because we love types. We love pigeonholing things. We love to label stuff. But the most important thing is how is your Agni? Because it doesn't matter what dosha you are, if the fire is not burning well and you put um, a big meal on it, you're going to have digestive issues. If your fire is overburning, burning too brightly and you put food in it, it's incinerated before you've turned it into nectar. If you um, are stressed out when you're eating, your body is not going to be thinking about digestion. Therefore, the food's going to be just kind of going off in your body. If you put too much into your body, and remember, your stomach is only the size of two fists. Right. What happens when we overstuff the washing machine? Doesn't get it doesn't washed. get all, all the stuff out. It doesn't get all the stuff out. Yeah. You know, we can pull out the sheets and it's still dry in the middle. Oh yeah. That's what happens when we overstuff our stomach. So it's got it's a it's we have to allow the natural process to take place. And unfortunately, food is so abundant, it's so cheap. We and we are so tired, we just lean right on in and we carry on snacking all day long. Hmm. So ask yourself, how is my agni? If agni's not good, wait for agni to get better. If you have to eat, make the agni better yourself by taking a little bit of salt, taking a bit of cumin, taking a bit of ginger, taking a bit of uh, hot water, taking a bit of lemon juice, all the things that have got fire elements in to bring that up. Otherwise, if you can, just wait until you're hungry. If your appetite is all over the place, start to get back into that rhythm. Remember, light breakfast, big lunch, light dinner. Right. And I'm checking. And when you say light, I know you are. When, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Guys, ten o'clock. I'm going to pretend. Fine. I'm going to pretend. I'm going to pretend. I'm going. Martha will have a laugh at that one because <laughs> she's the one. She's like, "Honey, are you going to bed?" I'm like, 
uh, yeah, it's three o'clock in the morning and I just got this really great idea for this new project. So you know why? Because that's moving into, after 10 o'clock, you're moving into the pitta time of day again. The pitta time of day happens between 10 and 12, roughly in the day. So that's your lunchtime. That's why we, sh- we are pizza, which also means fire, is at its strongest. That's why we get hungry. That's why we want to have our main meal then. But it also kicks in again at 10 p.m. and midnight that evening. So if you are still awake and you start emailing at 10 to 10 or 10 past 10 and watching a TV program, your whole system is going to be like, oh, right, we're not doing the liver cleanse and all the things we're supposed to be doing while we're asleep. We're still awake and we're going to go and raid the fridge. And you get the midnight munchies. You get that whole, wow, I'm not tired. Look at me. I'm being so productive. I might as well email that person and write this down and do that. You just go back into that doing energy. Yeah, that's me. But that doing energy is supposed to be looking after your insides while you sleep. So that's why we have the old wives' tale. An hour before bed, (laughs) nope, that's wrong. An hour before midnight is worth two after. Because certain things take place at certain times of the day as per the rhythm of nature. That's what we call now in the West circadian rhythm. Right. And that's why when you eat is as important. Well, my circadian rhythm is off. Well, you are all over the world. Guilty! (laughs) You also have (laughs) access to meditation, which let's not forget, 20 minutes meditation is about three hours rest. Okay, well, I meditate three times a day. Yeah, so that is a lot of rest that's going in our system. Don't forget you are also counterbalancing the fact that you expend more emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically in what you do. So you need a lot of that. But any excess meditation also gives you that energy to stay awake longer. So it's about finding your balance. So the thing about Ayurveda is it understands us all as individuals and we are ever-changing. We are ever-changing. Our environment changes us, the people we hang around with. You know, when I'm with you, I feel different than if I was hanging out with my neighbor or my friend at yoga or a lady that I'm working with on the particular project. You know that. That's why we say things like, I loved her energy, or I wasn't sure about his energy, or, oh, we were really vibing today, or, oh, do you know what? Today was grating. Yeah, I love our energy together. Every time we see each other. It's nice. It's nice. It's comfortable. I mean, we we ha- we do feel like we've known each other a long, long time. Yeah. And it's actually not been long at all, has it? It's been two years. Yeah. <gasps> Is that all? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, maybe some past life stuff going on there as well. Yeah, of course there is, definitely. I think it's been two years. I can't remember. Maybe it was three years. Well, you know, we get each other. We're vibing. I think it's three years now. Oh, yeah, it is three years now. We resonate with each other. You know, that's why it's easy. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, Um, exercises that are good for vata. Okay, so vata. Now, the thing about when we are imbalanced, we tend to want more of what we are. So me, growing up, I was the one that liked to throw myself around in high-intensity aerobics classes. I would love the old spin. I would love doing. I want to be in everything. I want to be trying everything. That's very mental vata. What I need to do is slow and low because there's a lot of space and air in me. And I've got some pitta as well. I need to get grounded. So for me, it's alternate nostril breathing, pranayama uh, breath work as as much as possible to kind of balance me out, keep me warm. Hatha yoga. Hatha actually means very physical yoga, but that's because it's the physical part of yoga, which is also not just asana. Okay, that's a whole other thing. But um, hatha yoga as in opposed to... Ashtanga. Ashtanga, you know, hot yoga, Bikram, 
rocket. Hot yoga makes very me young. sick. Well, because you're hot already. You're hot. You know, more of what you are will aggravate you. It will put you into a huge imbalance. So we need things that pacify any aggravations. So after a very Vata day, I need to get grounded. So walking in nature, slow, doing um, my uh, my own body weight exercises and doing them very, because I'm a bit lighter, tighter, drier, I need to be very accurate with what I'm doing because it's too easy to break a bone, you know? Um, too easy to snap. Right. I'm a dried out old bit of boot. So I need to just do slow and low. And, and, so and, Tai Chi? Tai Chi, excellent. Qigong, Qigong, excellent. What else? What about swimming? Swimming, yep. Slow swimming in that water. Very hydrating, you know. Horseback riding? Horseback riding, slightly adrenaline inducing, but maybe not for somebody who grew up with horses. If you put me on a horse, I would be going through all manner of nervous system hell. I love horses, but it's a bit scary. And, you know, if they start galloping, it's very energizing. So that's what I don't need. But, yeah, yeah, I love horses. But brushing a horse, that's a workout. Petting, petting, petting animals. a horse. Yeah. So that just. You can go like a petting zoo. Go to a petting zoo. That, how wonderful that week. What's your exercise tonight? I'm going to a petting zoo. Exercise with Pitta. So Pitta, remember, is the fiery one. But they're also very overstimulated generally. So they need something to also ground them. So again, alternate nostril breathing or doing left nostril breathing, which is a more cooling way. Or, um, you know, what do people do when they get upset and peed off? They suck their teeth, right? Yeah. If you try that now, it's cooling, right? Yeah. So all these things that we do, oh, you wow. know, for a reason. That's I didn't cool know that was cooling. Us. That was yeah. cool. Or if you get exasperated, you go, <gasps> <sighs> you letting it out. Yeah. And it feels better. So those things that <sighs> annoy us about people because it's just too much information sometimes, actually they are a mechanism. Just like a dog will shake off its, you know, a little bit of trauma that's come into its life or it will lip lick or yawn to try and depress, a, you know, a very anxious um, situation. These are our tools. So for a pitta type, um, yeah, again, hatha slow and steady, even though they're going to want to do all the competitive stuff, the heating stuff. Actually, you need grounding. If you're a pitta that's got a desk job, then yeah, go and go go and do something a bit more exciting. But if you're a pitta type that's running around and your desk yeah, job I'm is... Yeah, running around. Then you need calm. You need massage. You need stretch. You need body weight building, you know? Then for a kapha type who's earth and water and a lot heavier... They need the stuff that makes them lighter and brighter and energized. So that's why they handle coffee better than us. Coffee for an aggravated pitta type usually ends up in running number twos. Hmm. For a vata type, it can end up in running number twos or because it's quite heating coffee, or it will end up in rabbit pellet poos, you know? For a kapha type who is so grounded it's the kind of get up and go that they need so ayurveda is not about good and bad it's about is this the right dose for you at the right time so karate would be good for a kapha yes and um yeah. bikram yoga yes exactly and things like because it's hot and a kapha type is cold right like high intensity workouts high intensity workouts exactly Hmm. But remember that even though you're a pitta, you have you experience kapha 
Kapha in the time of day, Kapha in the season, Kapha in the time of your life. You also experience Vata, Vata in your time of day, Vata in the season, Vata in your life, as well as in your environment. You know, looking, being online is Vata and Pitta. Really? Yes. Pitta because you're, you're, you're educating people, you're taking a leader role. Vata because you're stimulated by a million people in your tribe trying to contact you. So... For people to to really get into um, Ayurveda mm-hmm. would be for them to get your book. Um, yeah, my book is a is a cookbook. So the way I got into it was tips around you know rituals in your day that connect you with the energies, um, the natural energies of our environment, but also just cooking. You know, cooking is just an amazing way to nourish yourself, nourish your family, nourish the people that you love, and. The way I've laid out the recipes are with little tips. Feeling very kapha today? Add a bit more ginger and chili. Mm. Feeling very pitta? Cool it off with some with some coriander or some mint. Feeling very vata? Add an extra tablespoon of, um, of, of ghee or coconut oil or extra virgin olive oil. So you get to learn about Ayurveda a really slow and enjoyable way. The beginning of the book talks about the relevance of this, this ancient uh, philosophy right. and why we need it more today than ever because we are so disconnected naturally. Um, And in the back of the book, it talks about all the things I've talked about, such as the doshas, the energies, the time of the day. And, you know, something that's also we didn't really touch on, but in that moment when you're connected and you're tasting your food and you're chewing and, 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 you know, working it with your taste buds, you are tasting what you need and then what ratios you need. So that's why your head gets out of the way and you're like, do you know what? I need some more fat today. And that's your body telling you need more grounding. Or, oh, you know what? I'm really craving more light, green, fresh stuff today, bitterness and astringent. I'll have a bit more of that rocket salad, you know? Or, oh, I'm feeling very, very heavy. I just, I need to like get out of this. I'll put a bit more cinnamon and cumin into my food. That is our way, our senses way of taking care of ourselves. Mm. But we just don't allow it because our mind, our toolbox is always intercepting and getting us to move on quickly. Right. So the book East by West um, is 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 full of this information while also being a beautiful cookbook. It won Wellbeing Book of the Year in the UK last year, which is amazing because it just goes to show that Ayurveda is something that people are looking for. They want to know all these various trends from intermittent fasting, fermented foods, acupressure, um, pranayama, yoga, prebiotics, probiotics, supplements, juices, tonics, massage. All of these things are Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. They're all aspects, but in the West we take one we brand it and we make it all about that avocado is going to save your life intermittent fasting is where it's all at what's intermittent fasting intermittent fasting is finishing a meal before sunrise before sundown and having your next meal at sunrise that's right that's an automatic 12 to 14 hours so we don't have to do this kind of weird juggle and 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 like lunch and dinner or breakfast and lunch and skip yeah, dinner or yeah, skip yeah. breakfast. And Some just people have need three meals a day vata types usually kapha types don't need three meals a day generally depending on what's going on for you. I don't need three meals a day. It's too much for me. Yeah, exactly. So you start to understand your body. Whereas back in the day, it'd be like, you have to eat three meals a day. That's what what the tick list is for health. But our health is a constantly evolving conversation with ourselves. And what Ayurveda does is it gives you the toolbox to, it empowers you to understand yourself and your environment. And then you are the master of it all. 
Love it. And so people can get your book on, is it on available on Amazon? Yep, it's on Amazon. Um, my website, uh, jasminehemsey.com is full of information, articles. Sign up. I do newsletters once a week. I also hold sound baths in London if you're ever around. Sound is for me the yin energy of holding these you know, holding a beautiful space with crystal alchemy singing bowls is that, you know, and wearing a dress while I do it, that is the feminine energy I need to tap into. And I love, I love holding that space for people who don't know about meditation because it's, it's just a totally beautiful, passive way to meditate. Yeah, I love your sound bowls. I and mean, we rocked it in, uh, in Croatia. Oh, we did. We did. <laughs> and people can follow you at Jasmine Hemsley on Instagram. Yes, at Jasmine Hemsley. So come along. I mean, I just, I'm an urban girl living in a modern world and this ancient wisdom is basically just helps me to to ride the waves it helps and me stay on the lit train. you stay on the lit train yeah on the lit train yeah i got a ticket to the lit train <laughs> <laughs> i love you honey thank you for being with oh us. thank you i always love chatting to you always 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 well tribe you know east by west jasmine hemsley that's where it's at you got to get that book so you can get in touch with your dosha and understanding your agni and really understanding these circadian rhythms and what it means for you to live a healthy and well-lit life because that's the way to do it so that we can be leaders of legacy and rock the casbah i love you so much you can follow me at shaman dirk and you can level up by going to shamandirk.com you can join my school at shaman dirk the shaman dirk school and just remember have fun enjoy your life don't take things so seriously and get to know your dosha so that you can live an optimum health life. Until next time, tribe, see you later, alligator. Bye. <laughs>